In the world of independent music, Red Eye Distribution has stood out by curating a collection of impressive labels, distributing long-respected indie stalwarts like Drag City, Thrill Jockey, Warp, and more recently, the entire beggars group of labels like 4AD and Rough Trade. Welcome to the future of what? I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. On today's episode, we talk about the purchase of Red Eye Distribution by Acceleration Music Group, creating an independent powerhouse for artists and labels that is unique in our ecosystem. It's all coming up on The Future of What. Can I have a taste of your ice cream? My guest today is Glenn Barrows. He is the CEO and co-founder of Acceleration Music Group. Glenn, welcome to the future of what? Thank you. Happy to be here. Nice to have you, I think, back. Have you been on the show before? I feel like you were years ago. I have not, Oh, actually. you haven't? This is your first time? First time. Well, welcome. It's very exciting. So Acceleration Music Group is a group that you started, a company that you started back in, was it 2019? 2020, actually, the first day of 2020 was when we started. That's right. And you guys have been basically purchasing labels and creating sort of a a label group in the independent sector, which is, I think, for the independent sector, really exciting, Uh, a very good thing to have, an option for folks who are reaching the end of their careers, perhaps, or looking for an option with their label. You know, in our landscape, we really have had not that many options for when people are ready to move on in their career. And so Acceleration has really created a great option in the marketplace. Thanks, we, we have done that. We have um, purchased a few labels with, you know, in fact, the first label that we, we purchased on the first day of 2020 was a jazz label called Candid, whose owner at the time was 94 years old and had, um, you know, run the label for, for decades and uh, it was, you know, a beautiful jazz label, but it certainly uh, was time for for him to exit. So that was the, the very first purchase. And, you know, there have been others like that. But what we've also done is we try to partner with entrepreneurs. So we've, you know, acquired or made investments in certain labels and then continued a relationship uh, with the entrepreneurs who built them, coming into what is a you know a collective team to try and really accelerate what they do and and help build for the future, preserve a legacy, and accomplish hopefully uh, greater heights. Is that where acceleration comes from? The name? <laughs> uh, no, not really. I, I, although it does work. Yeah. Um, no, it was we 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 made up the name um, basically because. We had lots of other ideas, except um, apparently they're all trademarked. So we created the name, and I think it's a, an amalgamation of a few things that are related to what we're trying to do here. Absolutely. So something else that's awesome about Acceleration is that you really brought together a team of very heavy hitters from the independent world. Charles Caldas from Merlin, and Amy Dietz from Ingrooves, Dave Hansen from Epitaph and Anti, Anti, I don't know how to say that label name. And, you know, you, you guys have really, it's a very legitimate, you guys have a lot of indie cred, as they say. So that's, you know, that's been a, a lovely thing to watch for our industry. Well, it, it really, you know, it, it came together because um, the five of us, the fifth partner is John Burke, who I worked with 
for 25 years at Concord. You know, we we came together because we felt there was a need in the indie marketplace, and we had all known each other from working in various trade associations and so forth. So we felt that it would be it would be useful to the indie world if we brought together our various uh, areas of expertise. Um, so it started with bringing capital into the into the space, but to actually bring that capital through the filter of people who understand the indie world and understand that it's not just about money. It's, you know, there's it, it, you have today a lot of people talking about music and using the word assets. And it, it's almost, music is almost traded like stocks and bonds, which we all find slightly offensive because we all know that this particular asset has a heart and soul. And usually there's, you know, a lot of people uh, behind it. And of course, the artists, songwriters, and so forth, but also the entrepreneurs who put their life into this and their, you know, their hearts into it. And we felt that it would be, you know, with with the industry growing, with a lot of money flowing into the industry these days, we felt we wanted to bring capital into this sector of the industry in a way that you know, connected that was was consistent with the ethos of of indie labels, and then also bring some expertise, operational support to indies. You know, and hopefully, doing some of the things that um, indies either don't do that well or uh, don't like to do, and so that we can maybe elevate it, achieve some benefits of scale, and um, really promote the uh, what we like to now call the indieverse. Oh, I love the indieverse. So this, I mean, this, I have felt for, you know, the last three years that what you guys are doing is very exciting. And then you went ahead and did something that is even more exciting, which is you purchased Red Eye Distribution, which is the distributor for full disclosure that I, my label was with for 10 years. I signed up with them in um, 20, 2009. And then I left my company in 2019 to do this job. And I just, there, so they're a large independent distributor so you guys really now have, you know, a conglomeration of labels plus a very large international distributor, which is really exciting. It is. And, you know, I, I will be honest, when we started this thing, I did not envision moving into um, into distribution. But it made all the sense in the world when we met with Red Eye. The, the, the first principle in everything we do is people first. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure there's alignment that we, you know, all share a similar vision and goal. And uh, Glenn Dicker and Tor Hansen, who were the the founders of Red Eye, you know, are very very well aligned in that regard. And you know, they're music guys, and they've built a company that's even its its distribution it had a couple labels within it as well, but its distribution. But these are first and foremost music people. And so we really felt that to be highly compatible. And then they're so well positioned because what they've done now is they've, they've built a one-stop potential for indies. You can have digital and physical distribution on a global basis, and it's 100% independent. And so you know we wanted to, to both preserve that option, make sure that exists in, in, this, uh, in the overall music industry, um, and also expand it and augment it and see if we can bring, again, some of the skills that that we have, either from the financial end of things or from the operational end of things, to really uh, further what they're trying to do. So it made a lot of sense. And, 
you know, we believe that our mission is really serving this uh, this indie world, and uh, Red Eye does that wonderfully. And we're hoping to, you know, add a little value and and take it to a new level. Well, I I think it's really exciting. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing how you guys unfold this over the next months and years because. You know, I think we have been missing this as an option in the music industry forever. You know, the music industry is so odd because, of course, every label started as an independent label. Then we got the majors. We got conglomeration. We got consolidation. Consolidation. Thank you. Uh, we got consolidation in the music industry. We got these majors that are now only three, you know, and, it, and it's it's really the marketplace has changed so much in the last like 100 years. So it's really exciting that at this moment in history, we have this option that has come about because of you guys. And, and so thank you for that. And I'm super excited to see where it goes. Um, we are too. <laughs> um, no, it's, it, you know, one might argue that we're consolidators of sorts as well, but we don't quite look at it that way. What we're really trying to do is, is give people options and address whatever needs exist and, you know, for, for them. So, you know, all of our deals have been really tailored to whatever the circumstances are. It really is about hopefully serving this indie world. We we think that you know the you're right. Everybody started as an indie. You know, indies have always been responsible for new musical movements, for you know tremendous creativity, and you know really contributing to the world. And so, to the extent we can preserve the legacies of people who've done it in the past, to the extent we can provide resources to help new labels succeed, that's what we want to do. That's why we're here, and we're hoping to create uh, win-win situations for all involved. Absolutely. You know, it's funny. I think about, I always say that indie labels are the risk takers of the music industry, and it's and it's sort of, I mean, it's still true because there's almost always one person who is the entrepreneur behind the label who has a specific vision and is willing to put time and money and energy and creativity and passion into that specific vision. And it's so amusing to me because when we, we talk about, you know, the state of the music industry today, everyone's talking about, oh, we've moved entirely to a streaming marketplace, you know, everything is online. But the real truth about the impact of the internet on the music industry is that for five minutes, it was, you know, everyone was like, oh, now it's a level playing field. And then it became so flooded with music that that the gatekeepers that people were trying to get away from, you know, the democratization of the internet was actually necessary. Uh, it had to be reinstated. We we required gatekeepers because you can't possibly follow a hundred thousand songs added to the internet every day. It's impossible. Very true. And and you know when you say that indies have always been risk takers, it's so true. But I would say that most of the entrepreneurs that have had, you know, have built wonderful labels within the space didn't even really know they were taking risk when they did it, <laughs> right? I mean, how many labels have had the same story of, hey, I was signing my friends. I was trying to help them out. Right. I just wanted to see that music get out into the world. And so I thought, what can I do to make that happen? And then a label was born and they've had, you know, tremendous success and you know, I think the, the nice thing about this world, uh, this space, this indie world, is that it comes from a very pure place, usually. You know, people's love of music and uh, hoping to help either musicians or to spend their own time working within the, the music world. And, you know, that usually leads to good things. And so you're right. Now it's a whole different 
set of rules, a whole different, you know, situation of competition. It's not about, you know, trying to deal with gaining access to the market. Everybody has access to the market. And so it's just a whole different challenge that you have to navigate in order to, um, you know, get your music to its widest possible audience. Exactly. Well, yet again, thank you for what you're doing. Um, We're very excited to see how it all unfolds. Glenn Barros is the CEO and co-founder of Acceleration Music Group. And thanks for being with me today on The Future of What? Thank you, Portia. I appreciate it. You're listening to The Future of What? Follow us on all platforms at MusicBizAssoc, A-S-S-O-C, to find out more about MusicBiz and hear about what's coming up next. My guest today is Glenn Dicker, the co-founder of Red Eye Worldwide. Glenn, welcome to The Future of What? Thank you. Thank you so much, Portia. I appreciate you uh, having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you. So exciting times. I think what we want to do is sort of get started with just like the background of Red Eye, because I don't know. I know that you and Tor Hansen started in 96, 1996. But can you just tell us about the early days of like what what prompted the two of you to put together Red Eye? Well, um, I have to give credit to Tor because he was in North Carolina first and he really, I think, saw an opportunity uh, that was, you know, there was a there was a kind of a gap in the market and regional distribution was kind of a thing again where it had been, you know, when we started up in distribution, that's where it used to be back in the in the eight, late 80s. And we, we kind of grew up in the rounder distribution company and, and learned things from that. Um, and I think, you know, Tor saw that in North Carolina, there wasn't a, a lot of opportunities for bands, artists to get their records out into record stores without just consigning it themselves. So he basically saw that vision and you know, we, we quickly joined forces together and, and uh, kind of started working on it and essentially just did it out of his house, yeah, you know, at first. So it was, um, you know, it was an interesting time because bands were suddenly able to make their own records with the help of Pro Tools. And, you know, so there was all of a sudden all these bands had these records that were uh, pretty good and they were able to do them themselves. And there wasn't a whole lot of independent uh, labels out there signing these kind of bands. So, you know, we, we were able to, to kind of begin to create our, our roster by going to record stores, visiting with them, uh, trying to get, you know, them to open with us, but asking them really who were the, who were the best uh, selling consignment records. And then we would just go to the consignment bins and write them down and go back to the house and start calling these bands and, uh, seeing if they would be interested in having us put the records into stores for them. And, you know, we just said, send us over your tour dates and we'll make sure that all these markets get get coverage in the independent stores. And so that's kind of how we got started. Um, wow. you know, yeah, you know, lots of, you know, lots of other labels that we worked with just kind of regionally. You know, we, we did some distribution for uh, a few different labels but just on a real regional basis, uh, including like Bloodshot and Merge and a bunch of real small regional labels. But we didn't really have a national presence at all. Um, and that was something that was developed over time. 
But the kind of big growth thing for us to become a national distributor was some of these bands that we worked with, you know, developed into, into some big things. And what we had done, our approach was to, to kind of, we, we felt like any, any place where records were, we had the business to, to go in there and, and really push to get the records into those places. And that included chains. So it was, you know, the Best Buys and all kinds of, uh, you know, music land and, and all kinds of different chains. We convinced them that they needed to have local records in their stores. And all the buyers for these chains were, were you know, old independent record people and and they were really into records and and great people uh great music people so they they were easily convinced so you know we were able to talk to regional buyers for these different chains and the tower records and etc and convinced them to to bring in some of the stuff that we had just in those key stores where the bands would actually be able to sell so we created some good track record with that stuff and you know, when some of these bands started taking off for Sean Mullins with the song Rockabye or or John Mayer, for that matter, we distributed their stuff. And as markets expanded, we were able to just call up those chain stores, the key buyers for the chains and and be able to get a spread out there into, you know, the Midwest and Chicago when it started playing the record or, or L.A., you know, on the West Coast kind of thing. Um, so it, it was interesting. You know, we started out with independent stores and then we expanded to the chain stores. And then when we grew into a national company, we we were fortunate that the chain stores we were open with already because we could just call up that regional guy in Chicago and, and spread it out. And then we filled in uh, from there on the, on the indie side and those other markets. So it really, we just started with regional music and then sort of expanded as we grew and, you know, became more of a national company. And, and then when, when digital became a thing, we quickly jumped on that to make sure that we had digital rights for all the people we worked with. And then, you know, from there, you kind of become more of an international company uh, since, since these folks are, are all global entities at this point. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny listening to you tell the story because I feel like, you know, there are young people today who, uh, it for, you know, for whom the idea of t- getting your record to market is like as easy as you just click a button, right? I mean, it's <laughs> it's completely changed. Um, yeah. and, and yet, with that said, you know, even though the digital, you know, whatever whatever gatekeepers used to exist, you know, I mean, we always talk about the times when you couldn't get your music, like you said, you couldn't get your music out into the world um, without someone helping you. You know, you you couldn't just, I mean, I guess you could take your, you could make a CD and take it to a, a gig and sell it out of the back of your car. Right. <laughs> but in terms of getting it into stores, getting it to retail, you really, you really couldn't do that without a middle person. But the yeah. funny thing is now, you know, with the, the plus and the minus of, of digital has been, that yeah, sure, anyone can, you can put your music up on on uh, on the internet immediately, but then it just becomes part of the millions of, mm. you know, songs that are uploaded every week, month, year, whatever. So there's, it's funny because it's like we've, we're still at a place where we need gatekeepers, but we just sort of need them in a different way. We need, we need, we still need people to help us find quality music. And one of the things I think is really impressive about Red Eye is that 
you know, okay, so you guys built a distribution company, you started getting, you know, music from artists and labels into stores. But you also, along the way, really curated an impressive collection of record labels that you work with, independent labels. And I, I think that's one of the coolest things about Red Eye. And I think, you know, you guys, the cool labels that you brought on made Red Eye more attractive to other cool labels who wanted to be a part of, of what you guys built, I think. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, we're very proud of, uh, of our roster for sure. I mean, we do feel like we're, uh, you know, in good company with all these labels we work with. And it's been uh, a real joy to work with these folks, you know, for their passion and, and their, uh, and their artists. I mean, it's just amazing. And so, yeah, because of, of all that, you know, we've, we've ended up with a great team of people that uh, work at Red Eye and are part of the team um, as well because they're into the music. And so they're like doubly passionate about what they're doing. And, you know, it's a lot of fun, basically. I mean, it, it, people are, you know, a bunch of music fans excited about this next record and getting to hear it before other people do and all that kind of stuff is is, uh, is real fun. And, and it continues to be for, for all of us at every level of the company. So it, it certainly is like I could point to a, a handful of labels that, Maybe we're early adopters. You know, there's been a couple levels of that that have happened over the years, but um, it, it's been it's been really fun. And and uh, you know, certainly there was a time when you know we were just dealing with primarily bands because you know no label was going to have uh, the confidence in in us to you know some North Carolina company to get their records out in a national way, but, uh, band, you know, bands were, were up for it. And so you have some success and you prove yourself there and then you can kind of move up the ladder a little bit. And it just takes time. And I think, you know, being patient and willing to not skip any steps along the way. And it was just fun. You know, it was never, it was a lot of work, but it never felt like that. It always felt super fun to us. And, and it still is, you know, Absolutely. I mean, listen, fun is like Red Eye's number one word when I think about Red Eye. <laughs> full disclosure, my label went through Red Eye when I ran it for 10 years. So yeah, I uh, fully well, love you guys. And, and um, we always had a lot of fun. But I think, you know, so so what we're talking about today is is the fact that you guys recently were purchased by Acceleration Music Group. And I think yes. this is a really exciting Thing for the independent music landscape and the music landscape in general. And I think to understand that, people need to understand that for a long time, you know, prior to what you guys built, I mean, what you just said really speaks to it. Here you are, this small company out of North Carolina. How do people believe that you're going to be able to serve their records um, and their artists to the extent that they really want them to be served? And I think, you know, for many years in the independent world, people felt like the only option was to go through a major distributor. So you had mm -hmm. to go with Universal or Sony or uh, Warner in order yeah. to get your records the proper treatment and, and properly um, supported. And I think what's so exciting about Red Eye is that you guys have managed to come into the marketplace and say, no, we can do just as good a job as those big majors. And one of the things that you guys did in the last 10 years that I think was really smart was that you moved into Europe because one of one of the pluses of going with a Universal or a Warner 
is that they have they're domiciled elsewhere. They have other offices in other countries. And if you have an international artist, you know, you want that support in the other in the other territories that they're going to be getting into. And I know you guys really sort of started that like right in the middle of when I was working with you guys, Tor fully moved to Berlin (laughs) to like make this happen. Yeah. I mean, it was always, you know, as you kind of grow, like I think I think the digital landscape really sort of informed our growth into more of an international company. You know, initially when the digital thing first became, you know, relevant, we did have conversations with our sub distribution, you know, physical partners in other territories to ask them what their plans were for digital and what their strategies were. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I I guess I should say at this, uh, at this moment, they didn't really have any plans. And so we quickly determined, well, we're just going to do it ourselves. We gave everybody sort of a shot at it, but we just decided we'll, we'll, we'll just build it ourselves, And that's, you know, from having one person, you know, Fergus Denham in the UK doing all of our sub-distribution relationship stuff, you know, we from there decided to, to build a team uh, of, of folks in key territories uh, digitally so that they could have relationships in these other territories. And so that's really what kind of informed our our expansion to do things directly and you know, our deep in our DNA, I think, with Tor and I, and and hopefully the entirety of the company, is uh, we really feel strongly about relationships. Uh, we feel it's the number one thing that sets us apart is our relationships with people and our willingness to to have relationships as opposed to just doing the service. So you know, we always feel that you can't really have that relationship if you sort of offload it to some third party. So, you know, it has uh, always been our, our effort to kind of have the most relationships, you know, more so than any of our competitors uh, as far as the independent community um, physically in the U.S. and North America in general and South America. But, we, you know, we're using those same kind of concepts, you know, digitally to have all those relationships on a worldwide basis. And then the next step is to continue to grow and do direct sales physically all over the world as well. And then we know that's a big undertaking and it takes time, but we feel like this is really important and, um, and something that has never been done before on the independent level. So we want to be able to provide that one-stop kind of shopping, direct relationships to all the key stores and you know what we call the kind of red-eye way you know, it, it works uh, in every territory. I mean, those direct relationships are meaningful and it makes a big difference. So, you know, we, we were able to, to get the company Border Music. And so they already had direct relationships across all the Nordics. And so that as being our hub, and that's where Tour is, by the way, now in Gothenburg, Sweden, we, we're using that as our hub to blast off into other territories in Europe as well. So we're starting to sell direct into uh, France and Germany. And, you know, we're looking to expand that um, much further in 2024. So, yeah, that that's kind of where we're headed. And um, it's, a, you know, it's a work in progress, but we, we're really excited about the initial results of it. Yeah, no, it's exciting. 
So, I mean, I think it might be a little difficult for people who don't, like, who haven't grown up in the independent label world, which I did and you did, and, you know, we sort of understand the landscape, to understand the significance of what it is that Acceleration is is building here. Um, yes. You know, to say it's an alternative to the major system, you know, maybe just people hear those words and they're like, eh, whatever. I don't know. To me, it feels really momentous. It feels like an opportunity being created for independent labels that never existed before. And not to say that there's anything wrong with going through the major system. I've now met many major label people who are fantastic. And, you know, it's not it's not a it's not really an either or. It's actually just really an interesting option that has been created. And I love I love that it has been created. So I just wanted to get your take on that. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we feel deep connection to the independent community and we feel, dare I say, a responsibility, uh, to it at this point. And, you know, Tor and I both were, you know, looking at the long haul here and we really wanted to make sure that our company would be able to continue as an independent company for, you know, as I say, for the long haul past our, our, expiration date, uh, our personal expiration date. So we wanted to, to kind of take that decision uh, of how to do it and, and, and be able to make it when we had control over making it um, as opposed to waiting. Um, so we felt like that was the responsible thing to do. And we, we probably formulated a scenario in our heads probably during the pandemic, to be honest with you, of what it could look like to to have the company continue as an independent company. What what would what would it have to would have to happen to make, you know, Tor and I personally happy and comfortable with this, you know, process. But we really didn't see anything that checked all those boxes. And then acceleration came along and we you know, wanted to work with them for distribution. And, and of course, we know all the individuals at the company. And we really, we, you know, we've, we've been on boards with them. We've worked with them on all the kinds of different ways, wanting to sign their labels that they worked for, etc. Um, so we really, really liked all these folks and knew them as, as great people of character and, and independent spirit. And we felt that maybe there's some scenario here that could make sense for us to kind of be aligned with them. Um, so that's really where the discussion began. It was in an effort to be able to help our company remain in independent hands for the long haul, but to be able to continue to grow. And, you know, Tor and I are both uh, as excited about this as ever, and we're, we're in it for the long haul ourselves. Um, but now we don't have to kind of figure out what that decision is, you know, in the long haul, what's going to happen to our company. So we feel really great about that. And we're able to, with their expertise right alongside of us, continue with our growth plans and expansion um, to, to kind of be this unique independent company to the benefit of, of the labels we work with and, and future labels we want to work with. Um, so, you know, it really felt like this was a, a really great direction for us. And, and I think it aligned well with their company who are building a great roster of, of labels who we are fortunate to be able to distribute now, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, it, it creates this, this kind of global independent 
company that can help independents on many different levels. And I think for beyond the distribution aspect of it that I've been talking about here, it also is really great for, you know, labels that, you know, throughout the cycle of their life, you know, that there's, there's a chance that labels can get help with building, you know, along the way uh, with, with our company and with accelerations help in some cases as well. But in the long haul too, you know, there's labels can also make that decision. Hey, I don't want to sell my company to a major when it comes time for me to, to have some kind of exit. You know, I can make a choice to stay independent. And, you know, that is a choice that is really, I, I'd say fairly new. Um, and I feel like how many of us have always read so many stories about, you know, label X is, you know, purchased purchased by a major label. And, and, and I understand it. And it, it's, it's the, it was the only option in so many cases. And I feel like now there's a different option. And I think that many of us who are just so deeply interested in being independent, I, I really do feel like people want to have that choice. Even I think it, it's a different sort of concept of what independence is all about. And, and I think some people are would be willing to to take that uh, option if it was there. So I feel like that's something that's coming out of this, um, you know, as well for for us and and for other labels, you know, that we work with and and any label out there really. But you know that that to me is really exciting as well. It's like to be able as a business owner to make a choice for your company to be able to stay independent is is a big deal to a lot of us, you know. Um, Absolutely. <laughs> so that that to me was, you know, uh, exciting both on a personal level, but also professionally. I feel like this is, like you said, it's it's something kind of unique. It's a it's a different type of story that's being told here. It's it's uh, it's something that's that's not just like you kind of hear the story of, of somebody going to major label X. It's now it's like, well, this company is part of this independent, you know, growing independent, uh, organization, which is, uh, I feel like it's enlightening. So I'm very happy about that. Yeah. I'm super excited. I think it's going to really, you know, improve the landscape, improve the options that are out there for, you know, labels to come, like you said, you know, not just the labels that exist, but also future labels, because bizarrely people are constantly starting record labels. I don't understand <laughs> why. <laughs> they doing that, but they keep Indeed. doing it. Yeah. So uh, it's a thing. Well, anyway, Glenn Dicker is the co-founder of Red Eye Worldwide. And Glenn, thank you so much for being with me today on The Future of What? Oh, well, thank you so much, Portia. I really appreciate it. And that's our show. Our theme song is Mind Your Own Business by the Delta Five and is played by permission. Subscribe to our podcast and leave us a review. Today's show was engineered by Jack Nelson at Relationary Marketing in Nashville and was produced by Dana Rogers and Henrik Bick. I'm Portia Sabin, president of the Music Business Association. See you next time. Can I have a taste of your ice cream?